Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Tomo's trying to placate me with one of my favourite songs of last year. And it's working. That's how easily manipulated I am. Welcome back, everyone. I think there's a few little uh, gremlins in the system this morning. Um, but anyway, we'll we'll work through them. That's what we're uh, prone to do. I just Hello. want to check if Jace is down, if you can hear me, because I know there were problems at the other end oh, before. I, I thought I could hear the great man. but I can hear you, Dan. Can you hear ah, me? Ah, excellent. Music oh, to my ears, my friend. I think we were both of the understanding we were both there, but at one stage I think either of us could hear the other. No, I, 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 could, definitely, uh, I could definitely hear you talking over the airwaves, and uh, I, was, uh, I was communicating with you. Occasionally I screamed. Uh, like Tom Hanks in uh, Castaway, I was going, Daniel Wilson, Mikey, Wilson, Wilson, <laughs> Wilson. But nothing was uh, nothing was working. I- I'm hoping whatever Gremlins, Mowgli, and whoever else is involved, that they're all gone right now. That's that's showing my age and our age probably. Uh, Dan, that you're laughing at that one. Of course, uh, a great film from. It wasn't. Don't don't put them in water. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely, for those old enough to know, don't do not put them in water. If you find a gremlin, do not take them away from any uh, any sort of uh, water-based uh, soluble uh, soluble material. Now, race one will get stuck into again, and you know what? If there's any benefit to um, the breakdown in communications early, it's that we've only got the eight races to deal with and and small fields. And I heard you talking about it. Um, the fact that uh, well. I've actually written a, a a little dissertation, a sermon for next week about the reasons for this. And I think if you're not uh, if you're not learning, you're not living. And I think that it isn't the big guns that we're missing, is it? It's it's yeah. being able to flesh it out. Probably there's so much feature racing, and very much post pandemic. Now we're realising that January is the new September, isn't it? So we yeah. remember in September we'd go into those claiming races. Uh, humans would disappear for holidays. It's not so much about that, but we'd had the Breeders' Crown right at the end of the season in August, and then you, every, everyone knew you weren't going to get the field sizes uh, coming into the new season, and everyone was completely comfortable with that. But it's just a little bit harder to swallow, probably, when you've got these feature meetings at regional venues and they're trying to really pump them up, and you've got, um, well, you've only got eight races. Again, I have nothing against eight races if they're eight quality races, um, but here we've got relatively small fields, unfortunately, for Shepherd, and we'll still find winners, and there's still a little bit of value around, but the eight races, the small fields, a lot of it's got to do with maybe, maybe we're just trying to pack a little bit too much into one really long extended period, in my opinion, Dan. There's no doubt there's a hangover, isn't there, from uh, 
from something, uh, and particularly when you see a venue like Shepparton have only eight races, because we're so used to them being um, ten, ten or more. Um, yeah. I know, uh, having you know followed Shepparton for a long period of time, I'd say for the la- bar for a period with um, uh, racing through COVID, you're nearly always getting ten, eleven, or twelve races there, even on some of their Saturday night meetings. So. That's disappointing that there's eight there, and with a field of six in two of the races, clearly they only just went ahead, didn't they? So, um, and and as well, I don't know if it's connected or not, but I, I did mention before that Sky. I was informed with an email that the first five races are on Sky well, two yeah, tomorrow I, night. I was that that you know when I was screaming the loudest when you mentioned that, um, seeing if you had any. What's what what do we know the rate? What's the intel there? No, look, I'm not sure, and it was just an offset email that was sent to me, um, and I just would have thought that the, the, the major, whether it's Milton or whether it's Ballarat, but Saturday Night Harness on Sky Racing should be, you know, one of the key race meetings, and I'm not sure why, because uh, uh, some of the Gallops meetings start much earlier tomorrow because of the, the, the heat that is predicted, uh, and, I, and I don't understand that, and I hope it's almost a miscommunication, but the last time I was informed of that, it was correct. So that's uh, that's disappointing. I mean, most of the people that are listening now, I would imagine, Jace, um, would be tuned into Trot's Vision tomorrow night. And the ones that I know that watch Trot's Vision, they're dedicated to it the whole night. And they're happy to watch it on the 30-second delay uh, without any problems. Um, but uh, it still disappoints me because I know from my experiences, if you are watching uh, the Red Channel... Um, <coughs> You often miss races on the blue and vice versa. I've uh, often on a Saturday, if there's a venue I want to watch and I end up going on Thoroughbred Central or particularly Racing.com, and then I forget to have a bet at Rose Hill or uh, or Doombin or wherever it might be that could have captured my attention. So anyway, um, food for thought, but for a Shepherd and Cup oh. night, a Saturday night, um, yeah. that disappoints me a little, somewhere between a little bit and a lot. Well, I think it's a lot for me because... Unfortunately, I mean, and you've explained it well there. You would think, as human beings, that we could we could flip around and, and know where to go and all the rest of it. But there's a few certainties in life: death, taxes, and that turnover is still driven by Sky One over Sky Two. So, but if your races aren't on Sky One, this is the problem. This is the lifeblood and the survival and existence of our industry right now. And I and hopefully we we are. The ship has sailed. We're going back to the castaway theme here. Hopefully we are um, on one of Tom Bang's cruises right now and we have left the dock and we no longer have to rely on this anymore for very longer because it's, it's that easy to snap a finger. And I don't know the reasons why this has happened, but it's that easy to snap a finger and say, well, you're off Sky One and it's going to make a, a huge impact on turnover. And I would implore, as I reckon Dan has already done in, in his own way, just watch Trot's Vision. You're going to get a better coverage. You're going to get that extended racing.com-like coverage where we're um, going through all the runners and where we're giving you detailed speed maps and ideas about how we want to play the race. You're going to get interviews with drivers. You're going to get the lot. So you might as well just go on Trot's Vision, particularly early in the night. Um, yeah, that's disappointing. We'll get stuck into race one. Uh, now, this is like... I, I wouldn't normally be watching it, but a good... A mate named Felix von Hoff is on uh, The Bachelors at the moment, and I caught up with one of the episodes on Catch Up the other day, and race one is a little bit like going into uh, The Bachelor Mansion with a bunch of horses 
that you can talk to, you might date, but you can't trust. You just can't trust. You don't know whether they're there for the right reasons. Zarvin Banner, uh, I heard you discuss it earlier. He's on his, I think this is his sixth trainer. He was so disappointing last weekend. But we know I outlined last week on the Friday form panel, Dan, what a great record he has in front. He should be leading on his ear here. Um, Magic Mike, I think he's over the odds. He's a horse who can go forward. And if he's in the mood and Zarvin Banner's not, he might be able to park out and put him to bed. Um, but he's also just sort of not quite where he should be. Street Gib was terrific last start, but I can't be taking him as favourite. What did you say? What did you say has pulled out a couple of terrific performances six races apart recently? And by that time, was heavily supported and only just missed last weekend. So this isn't... I, I'm not sure I could um, I could promote this as a, as a race where you really want to have a significant, confident wager... But once again, for those in the cheap seats and those who couldn't talk to you earlier, please repeat your thoughts and your tips, Dan. <laughs> look, I've put Magic Mike on top. Yeah. Look, anyone could make a case for a number of horses. I just Zarvan Banner disappointed me last week. We both were convinced it would run a lot better if he was able to lead. Well, he did, and he was pretty poor. He punctured early. Um, he's drawn one of a similar thing happened. It might put what did you say out of play. And, and yeah. it, it seems like it could be a flip of the coin whether what did you say could make it to the sprint line, sprint lane. But Zarvan Banner also, he could improve. He would need to. So I've taken the uh, the peg line out of the way here and, and tried to come up with a bit of value. Street Kid, is he strong enough? He might be able to clear the field, but also could engage in an early speed duel, make himself vulnerable. Bite our time's a terrific chance, but I had to work out something that might get the right run, and I thought it might be Magic Mike. I think his best is good enough to win this race, Chase, so that's why I put him on top. And he, at $14, it doesn't put me off when I see something at longer odds. Um, I'm happy to make it as a suggestion because I think it's overs, and I think Magic Mike is number four. Uh, from the numbers uh, nine, bite our time, one Zarvan Banner and eight, what did you say? Yeah, I, you make some very good points here. Uh, the $14 around Magic Mike, he'll be definitely going in my uh, early quad. I'm playing wide here. So the thing about Street Kid as well, he has got blazing early speed, but so Zarvan Banner. And Street Kid actually went better last start by not being driven off the gate. So if he is driven off the gate really hard here to find the front, what does that take out of him? Is he a better mile when he runs the gate? One horse is really short. is belittled at $5. I marked it 16 um, nice little horse, but I, I don't know where it gets. So I think that's an awkward draw for belittled. I'm hoping Zarvan Banner just doesn't totally capitulate. So if he's able to lead here, I'm you're taking the peg line out of play. I'm just keeping it in play enough for what did you say to get the job done. The thing about what did you say is those two wins, uh, seven starts back and last time out, were both recorded in front. But... If, there's one, if being in front is the best place to be in a harness race, the second best place to be is behind the leader, and that's where he should be. So I think $4.80 is good enough for me to have a bet. Overbite our time, third Zarvan Banner. Like I say, he was too bad to be true last week, and he's not coming from a, an ordinary stable into Joe Connolly's. He was coming from Team Douglas. Um, but his start before was okay and good enough to lead and maybe not win, but at least carry what did you say where he needs to go. Fourth pick, Magic Mike, and a street kid also goes in my early quads. Eight, nine, one, and four. Time for a break on the Friday form panel. We're finally in communication, so we're away. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back 
to the Friday form panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. This will be a very short segment. We've got the, the news coming up. Jeez, it's been a wild and woolly start, hasn't it? But that's okay. We're only down one race. We'll try and squeeze through the second here. Smallfield, as mentioned, there's a few of these um, tomorrow night at Shepparton, but it's still going to be a wonderful meeting, and they do a great job. Shep, what are your thoughts here? Dan, uh, Dan's hopefully coming back. We're still having issues. This is uh, like Julia Mar- Michaels. I've got issues and so do you. So give them all to me and I'll give mine to you. I'll give you the market because we'll have the uh, the heart out for the news in a moment anyway. Orby, $14. Kakoa is at $310. Changeover Girl, $26. Better Robin, $19. Rocking with Sierra. Very interesting runner. $5.50. And Polly Put Kettle on is $1.65. And the Flux haven't really done anything much as yet other than firming slightly Rocking with Sierra. 650 into 550. The burning question, the key to this race, no doubt about it, is going to be <clears throat> Kukawa should get across the pole marker and lead. Then the question is, is Connor Clark holding the front or is he handing up to the stable mate Polly put kettle on? It will be utterly critical, in my opinion, to get that question right if you want to profit from this race. Get it right and um, and turn over some cabbage. Uh, Dan, are you there again? I am, I am, mate, yeah. Wonderful, Uh, I was just, uh, apologies for all this. Um, I'm dealing with it in here at the same time as you, but um, hopefully hopefully that second hour of the Friday form panel will be a bit different. I was just saying, race two, the critical question is going to be, I think Kakoa should get across Orby at the start. Then we've got to work out somehow through mysticism and and seances whether he holds the front, Connor Clark, or he hands up to the stable mate, Polly Put Kettle on. Have you got any idea? Oh, I don't. If if the two leads, if Kakoa leads, I don't don't think it matters whether Polly put kettle on, works past it to lead, or sits without cover. Because we saw her sit without cover last yeah. start, and she was too good in a similar field. So they're not going to take each other on, are they? So I think if she does sit without uh, cover, Polly put kettle on, she'll sit there comfortably. So that's why I think she'll win. Uh, but Kakoa, we've got to give her. Um, a chance because she will get that opportunity to lead. I think she's got the gate speed to do so. I just think Polly put Ketalon's got the class. Rocking with Sierra showed last start that she can get close enough. Uh, so she looks an obvious threat. And uh, number one, which is Orby uh, for fourth. But I think she'll win again. Maybe there's... Uh, remember, Mark Pitt's not driving tomorrow night uh, at Shepparton. and he will be driving at Launceston. They've got their cup meeting on and he's got a number of key drives for Emma Stewart train runner. So Kate Gath has the drive on Polly, put, pedal, uh, put kettle on. And uh, I think she can win six to beat two, five and one. All right, six to beat two, five and one. I think that hard out music's going to uh, start playing in my ear in a moment, a little bit like the Golden Globes yesterday. My speech, victory speech, will be coming to an end, and it is right now. I'd just like to thank my family, the Lord above, and um, and everyone who's supported me through this journey. And when I come back, uh, when we come back, I'll be agreeing with Dan with Polly Put Cattle on, although I'll be asking him how he feels about the $1.65, because that's too short for me. Kakawa's a pretty nice type, seven starts in front, four wins. And also, if there was a little bit of pressure placed on uh, Kakawa here by Polly Put Kettle on, where is Rocking with Sierra at? Because I'll tell you what, at her best, she might be the best in the race, in my opinion, back in a moment. You're listening to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington on SEN Track. 
Welcome back to the Friday Forum panel. This is going to be an uninterrupted hour of excellence. We hope. Um, yeah, dollar sixty-five is my only little issue with Polly put kettle on. I, I know you've definitely, I think, right from almost the word go, since you joined the Emma uh, Stuart Clayton Tonkin team, had a bit of a soft spot, Dan. And you just think um, class is above. Just even if she sat parked and controlled the race, she'd just dominate and find a way to win. Yeah, look, I think so. Um, I think she's better than Kikoa, even in that position, uh, Jace. I, I guess rocking with Sierra's only had three runs back from a spell, and whether she's still got her best to come, maybe she's peaking now. And she's probably the one that I could see um, taking advantage of any chinks in Polly put kettle on. Uh, but I, I think she'll be too good. I mean, the chances, I think, uh, are likely she could lead, uh, but they're yeah. just as likely she gets a... a a cheap enough death seat run, and you know she can do that. I, I don't think the connections would have any problem there. Uh, on her last start performance, she only just got in, but she never looked like being run down in the straight at Cranbourne there. And she had a crack for the lead. You remember that oh, at about the mile? She yeah. went up and she she had a crack for the lead. So this time, um, I don't think she'll have to do that. She can just comfortably sit up and she'll have a better kick. Yeah, I've got her on top. I'm probably marginally less confident that she'll uh, dominate because I do think... For my early qualities, Kakoa and Rocking Wissera will both go in there. Kakoa's been sitting back and flying home from impossible positions in good races during the Vic Brad Super Series. Um, as I mentioned, she's a good leader. Mm. Um, is, she, is she as good a horse as Polly Bull Kettle on? No. Uh, is Rocking Wissera potentially better than both of them when she's really on song? Maybe. Is she near on song? These are all the questions. I don't know. She was scratched last week, wasn't she, Rocking Wissera? And when you don't know why they were scratched... That's a little issue. It's been a few weeks between runs. Um, it, it, the only way Rocking Miss Sierra can win is if Polly Put Kettle on doesn't find the front. If Polly Put Kettle on somehow finds the front, the dollar sixty-five might look like a dollar twenty, pretty quickly. So that's what you've got to uh, that's what you've got to frame up in your own mind when you're doing your maps. And for fourth, Orby, who was terrific last start, an eye catcher, but just finds a race again where even with a beautiful draw, it's going to be very very hard for her to win six two. Five and one. Now, race three, this is going to be a pearl. There's a few races tonight that look virtual match races. Morton Bay has been kept in the market, but I love this battle between Elder Barandino and Central Otago. Elder Barandino is the big, raw, untapped Leviathan monster that could be anything. Central Otago is the beautifully bred, but slightly more diminutive and, um, and rapidly improving, in my opinion, um, rival. I went through their head-to-head record Dan Aldebaran Dino leads three to one at the moment, but we know that Central Otago is going to get a big benefit early because if we know anything about Big Dino, he won't even be scoring up with him at the start. He'll just be hanging back and then coming around. And by the time he comes around, I think his major rival, Central Otago, might have taken over from Morton Bay and found the front. Yeah, look, you're probably right. Mind you, Morton Bay's a very good sit sprinter. He's got a terrific turn of foot. And if that panned out, he, he actually becomes a winning chance, yeah. I think. Um, Central Otago was terrific last week, but to be fair, he's been terrific all the way through this preparation. Most consistent. He's got a bit of gate speed. Uh, he can put himself into the race. One-on-one ability, I feel confident saying that Elder Berendino is better. 
and by a couple of lengths. Yeah. Um, but for the reasons you just pointed out, he can sometimes not score up. Uh, he can uh, get too far back in his races, as he did in the Group 1 final last start. It was still a terrific run, but he was never, ever a chance when they're coming home at 27.9. Um, I noticed that the la- after last start, the, the trainer still requested the horse stay out of the draw. So they're comfortable with him still learning his craft from the positions that he's been drawing. You know, one little thing that after I, I rethought uh, the race, initially I thought, yeah, you jump out, Elder Berendino, you'll be too good because you won't be too far off Central Otago. Mm-hmm. They met in December, middle of December. Um, similarly, Central Otago led Elder Berendino, did what he did, gave him a start, went around them, and he outstayed Central Otago. It was yeah. a dominant win. And I've still got that in my mind to know the way that I rate them. And I think seven's... You know, as I said, a couple of lengths better than six. But the trainer requested the horse stay out of the draw after last start, Ruth Sin. Um, he hasn't seen a front line for a long time. Is that a little concern? I mean, I'm picking at straws a little bit, mm. but he's the sort of horse that, you know, you would never, ever put your house on him. And and, and often I say to you, always leave the, the toilet there just for somewhere to go and throw up. I, I'd leave a bedroom as well. I, I You know, there's a couple of rooms that I'd leave spare here. Um, he's a good horse, uh, but I reckon if he got beaten, we could nearly say why now. Yeah, um, I, I think the only thing uh, regarding that is when they're at a dollar thirty, they ask you to put the entire house on. Here at two dollars, I'm not saying that's massive overs, but you could you only have to bet one bedroom, and you've got a one bedroom extension to your house <laughs> yeah. if you win. So you've got a granny I, flat, haven't you? <laughs> well, well I, I just. I'm not. Don't worry. I won't be launching into him either. But I, if you look at it facts and figures wise, he really just should be winning the race. Shepparton is good for him. I think Christian knows him well enough just to hang him eight or ten meters out of position at the start. So I'm not that worried about the draw. The only like I am very, very, very marginally concerned that Central Otago is on a rapid upward trajectory at the moment. But head to head, the beauty when you have these small fields is both horses should get where they want to be, shouldn't they? So there's really no excuses. And if there's no excuses, I think we agree that Elder Barandino won't definitely be winning, but should be winning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think you'll win. I think uh, Elder Barandino uh, can beat Central Otago, but Central Otago is at the peak of his power, so rightly so, he's a, he's a genuine winning chance. Uh, maybe even better than a genuine winning chance. He worked out what that is. Morton Bay and... Um, and then probably Sunita's strength from from the draw, uh, but I think he's a he's a horse that I expect will get to the top grade Elder Barandino. The only thing that might stop him is those, those little traits yeah. uh, with his score up at this stage are uh, stopping him from progressing too quickly. And maybe that's a good thing because at the moment he's six from fifteen, and if he was the perfect race horse, he probably could be eleven from fifteen, and he would be in the top grade. Well, I think he's. I think we we, we we are in concurrency. I think in 12 months, if everything goes right, Elder Barandino could be could be a real superstar of the game. Like, that's how good he is. Um, Central Otago is a nice horse. Morton Bay. The only other one that could get in Morton Bay's road here, they had a little crack last start at not running, gunning off the gate and seeing if he finished off better, and he didn't. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just go back to the, the old tactics of just flying off the arm here, and that could be a little fly in the ointment for Morton Bay, who's also first up from a break. Yeah, look, you maybe you're right. Gunning is pretty quick off the arm, but he, he's lost that winning feeling, hasn't he? His last win was April 2020. So um, with that in mind, and, but Nathan Jack sometimes, he's, he hasn't driven it for a little while. Nathan's down to drive, and um, 
He's he can do he's fired off the gate. Maybe depends if he settles. If he wants to run, he might let him run. If he wants to settle, I'd say he'd he'd take cover behind Central Otago and see if he can at least run a place. So he might be a really good place hope gunning uh, with that in mind. But I think there's only two. I think there's two primary chances. If Morton Bay wasn't first up, maybe I'd give him a better chance. But I think the race fit horses should fight it out. Yeah, I agree. My numbers will be very similar to yours. Seven six. Four and five. Time for another break when we come back. Another match race. Ooga chaka, ooga chaka against Delvey Robin. And I know which way I'm heading. Ooga chaka should be winning this race. And I'm hoping Dan Maleki agrees. Back in a moment. Friday form panel. Let's in track. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel here on SEN Track, starting off the weekend, surely. You'll be off work at a few early. Things will be good soon. Uh, Uga Chucker versus Dalvey Robin, race four. Finally, at the early quarter at Shepparton Ship Cup night tomorrow night. $1.70 versus $2.50. Um, I'll tell you what's going to be interesting, I reckon, here, uh, Dan. There's going to be a little, they're going to burn up early. Um, Glenbull loves to lead. Sweet Crash might have a crack. Four Star Saint has got early speed. Beach Rex got really good early speed. I'd like to see Uga Chaka just stay entirely out of the situation early. Uh, trialed really well from the stand in preparation for his return to racing. And there's something I've seen in this horse, Uga Chaka, to make me think it's a good horse. Delvey Robin's going very well, but I personally think that Uga Chaka is a horse that uh, can genuinely go places. What are your thoughts, my friend? Um, I, I'm tending to uh, agree with you with uh, Uga Chaka. Um, I'm I'm hooked on the feeling, and, and now I'm, I'm I'm high on believing that Uga Chaka can win this race. Um, I, I think you're right. I think he's a horse that's shown a bit of ability. He's not over raced. He has got good gate speed, and usually when he trials well, he races well. I've seen him over the last couple of years, so I, I think he can win. Delvey Robbins most consistent, but doesn't win out of turn. Good opportunity for it to do so. And you're right, they're, they're the main two. Um, Beach Rec, I thought Beach Rec was pretty good, gave a great sight, and there's plenty of speed here with Sweet Creation outside of it. Um, and I thought that uh, perhaps Storm on Star has been doing enough to be a top four hope at five, six, two, and seven. Five, six, two, and seven. I've gone five, six, seven, and two. And uh, as I say, I hope that Ugo Chugger just stays out of it. The, one of the keys that I uh, wrote in the form comment for that race, by the way, is when you're looking at these 50 to 60 races, quite often you want to find the ones that have had the least uh, exposure because a number of these horses are in a 50, 50 to 60 rated race because that's where they've settled after a long period of time. Ugo Chucker is on the way up and so is Delvey Robin. I'm going to give you a little bit of trivia at this point. I reckon, mm-hmm. Dan. Um, do, do you remember different spelling? A um, a, a thoroughbred named Uga Chaka. That's right. That's right. Yeah, can, I do remember can it. You remember yeah. the, can you remember the? Uh, was it JD Sadler or I'm trying to think who it was that trained it. Now um, I, I've got this funny feeling. I've it was you, wasn't it? Was it? Did it start with you? Uh, yeah, it started with you. U G A C H A K A. I, I was wrong. I don't know why, but I thought it was a um, Nidawato Kawanko horse, but apparently it wasn't. I'm trying to work, work out who was at, who actually trained it because that was the question. It, it ended up winning a couple of good races. It won the Edward Manifold in 2001 and ended up winning the Queen of the Turf. So um, if the uh, if the standard bred equivalent ends up going 
as well. I think they'll be pretty happy. But um, it, it, when I was reading Ukachaka, it just some memories from back in the day. And you remember it as well, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, certainly with the sign, the reason why we're referring to it is the start of the song, um, uh, Hooked on a Feeling, yes. is is uh, starts off Ugachaka. You could probably do it better than me, but I, I remember, well, I don't remember it, but the version I like the best is the BJ Thomas, which was the original version, and it's been covered a lot of times. And uh, BJ Thomas, he had one of those great voices, and he did raindrops keep falling on my head. He had a number of big hits in the late 60s, early 70s that, you know, when I was growing up, I remember hearing them, you know, from yesteryear, and, and I love them. And it's one of those great songs, Hooked on a Feeling. I'm telling you what, I like it when we digress a little bit like that. That was a little bit of a, a trip down memory lane musically and uh, cross-code as well. I enjoyed that. Now, let's start the quaddie. Barristock Pace, um, Interesting race, this. National News has got a lot of ability. I, I, the trials have been uh, good recently without setting the world on fire. Having said that, one of those trials was behind uh, Curly James and Serge Blanco, who finished first and second in the Combram Cup recently. Haranya's been in those trials as well. Uh, Outlaw Man, I don't know what the limit is. The barrier draw does look an advantage, but there's speed drawn inside. Um, pray tell... Pray tell if they go ballistic has got the established. It's the war-hardened warrior of the field here at $9. I'm wondering whether you might not make a case for pray tell, to be honest, because I I can't work out exactly who's going to be leading here. And under those circumstances, that's where you might get a genuine tempo. And that would certainly help pray tell. Am I barking somewhere up a right eucalypt here or not, Dan? (laughs) (laughs) Um, by the way, there's a first thing of the quaddy. There's a twenty-five thousand um, dollar kickstart to the quaddy pool. I think they're expecting a hundred and fifty, but that might have been the expectations before we were advised it was going to be on Sky Two. But anyway, there's going to be a little bit more than perhaps normal. Um, mm. Look, I don't know with Pray Tell. She sort of gone into that norm winners category, but she probably finds the right sort of race. I mean, there's no Tay-Tay, Tough Tilly or Doug's Babe here, so it's a good opportunity for her to come back and at least at the value. So I can understand your thinking there, but I, I, I like winners. I like associating myself with winners, and I reckon Outlaw Man does too because mm. he just keeps knowing where the post is. And um, while he goes up in grade and this is an even stronger race, I like where he's going. So Outlaw Man I'll put on top. But I, I think National News, only because National News is first up, um, and this is at 8.27, so it's obviously the later edition. It might just be better for the run. Uh, but still, it's the right race to resume in, isn't it? And then Pray Tell. So definitely got Pray Tell in the mix. So you're sort of on the money there. I think at the $9 uh, Pray Tell, you got to throw her into the uh, quaddy. Mm. Uh, and Murray's bonus is the other one must respect from the draw. So I've tipped six, nine, ten, and two. Yeah, th- th- this is an old um, an old chestnut of of Dan's and mine as well. Murray's bonus is not in the field at the moment, but if it does get a run, um, it do- doesn't life change all of a sudden pretty quickly? But I've gone without it, without Murray's bonus in my thoughts. Nine, six, ten, and eight. I'm with National News. The, the difficult thing, isn't it, with a horse like Outlaw Man? who's not only winning, but winning so very softly going through the grades. It's, it's, it's pretty intuitive, isn't it, about how good the horse is, how he will handle pressure, whether there's a kick in the locker. Because we, we see this in uh, thoroughbred racing as well as harness racing. Some horses who just win so impressively as they go through the grades, then when any sort of acid test hits, there is zero in the locker, and yet others have got plenty. 
It certainly looks as though Outlaw Man's got plenty in the locker, but we're going to find out more about him tomorrow night, aren't we? Oh, there's no doubt about that. Um, I like where he's heading, and I'm not saying he's going to get to the top level, but uh, when Andy picks out these sorts of horses, you can guarantee when they first come over here, they'll win a few races quickly uh, because on their rating, um, they're, well, they haven't quite got it right, have they? I mean, you go back through his no. form. When he, the, the, the last start he had in New Zealand before he come here, you know who, you know who he ran against? Whom? New Zealand's best horse copy that. Yeah, right. So you look at the grade that he comes into – Builds up his confidence because he was running around not as good as those top line and self-assured copy that and the like. So he drops lengths and lengths in grade and now he thinks he is copy that. So um, <laughs> Andy's a genius at it. Uh, national news is very short, isn't it, at $2? I've got it on top. But there's been – the boom's been there from the word go, hasn't it? And and, and, and you're dead right. I, I think whatever we, uh, whatever we see tomorrow night at Shepparton, national news will improve off. But there's going to be plenty hoping – that he just comes out and blows them away because he's really from start number one or two, we've been talking about national news as a, as a future, very good horse. Oh, no doubt about that. You only have to look at the record. Uh, hasn't been over race, still is on the upward spiral. Might be able to win this race. Has won six out of 12, but I like the way he's gone about it. Um, this is a tougher assignment, no doubt, but uh, I, I like where he's heading national news. Even in that last preparation, it made a number of lengths improvement on the previous preparation, and uh, I think he's got a terrific future. He's already won half of his starts. So I'm, I'm tipping he'll win quite a few more. And Look, he might start the favourite in that race. He is at the moment at $2. Uh, it's just the fact that he's first up against a horse who's won four of its last five who's yeah. hard fit. Uh, we might learn more from Andy Gath a little bit later on today with burning questions. I mark them 220 and 250. Blood Moon is the other interesting runner, but I think uh, we probably agree that as, as good as he's going, and his sectionals lately winning have been uh, excellent. He's been doing a lot of leading, and that draw, this class, probably will find him out. That doesn't mean in a slightly easier race next start, he draws the front and he doesn't win. I think he's... The horse is going very well, isn't it? It's just that, or she, I should say, that draw this class will probably find her out, I'd say. Uh, possibly. Um, po- possibly, yeah. I think, that, like, if uh, those horses are, are pretty smart horses as well. I think it makes it a, a, a strong race for this class of race. Oh, by the way, Lee Friedman trained Ugo Chaka too. I thought it was Lee Friedman. And I remember yeah. him in the red and black. I, I thought he was uh, Eduardo Cuenco. Uh, or Suka Chuck, certainly early doors at least, uh, maybe all the way through. But that's what I remembered. And then this is why you can't trust Google ever. They, they lie. He's a liar, Mr. Google. Race <laughs> six is the second leg of the quarter. I am most, most, most intrigued about your thoughts. A, a very uh, a very intelligent judge uh, today came to me. And uh, normally I'm, yeah, I'm pretty... I'm pretty dedicated to my pricing, but they wanted a little bit of the 250 about uh, district attorney. It's been heavily supported. A dollar ninety-five into a dollar seventy, now down to a dollar fifty-five. Cloud nine, who a few starts back went one fifty-three-seven, winning over the middle trip at Tabcourt Park. Melton is two ninety out to three thirty, and then some very nice horses like Spirit of Anzac and Daylight of Dawn around at a price here. Are you? I, I, Look, I've got no doubt District Attorney is a horse that is going places quickly. But are you as confident as the market is? Or are you the one that's moved it, Dan? Yeah, maybe. Look, in, in uh, my other radio show I'm involved with yesterday, I actually tipped it as my best bet. But, of course, prices weren't out at that stage, Jace. And, and to be fair, I was looking 
the, the best guide I had was either my own prices or looking at yours. I did market odds on. I did have it just on odds on because I was keen on it. Um, but um, I, I noticed that, that it's firm considerably in the last 24 hours. I do think it's a pretty smart horse. It's only lightly raced. And when they've won six of 14 and as impressive as they have been the last couple and got a good barrier draw, um, yeah, I like where he's at at the moment. So, yeah, I, I've tipped him. I've tipped him as my best, but he firms up now to a price, and I'm thinking you're getting to be a bit too short. Cloud Nine's got to be a really good chance. I, I totally agree. Um, and there's uh, Daylight at Dawn who's racing well. I can uh, consider Spirit of Anzac. And there's one in the race. Probably won't win, but you must put him in just in case uh, it's the night for Shorty's mate. I, I'm not ruling him out yeah. uh, either. Um, but I think for him to win, something's got to go not quite right with the two favourites, whether they take each other on, they don't end up in the positions you expect them to be. But I think District Attorney's a good horse. Um, three on top of uh, seven, uh, nine. And I threw Shorty's mate in as well. I, I, I don't think he's going badly, typical of Shorty's mate. But in that smaller field... He, he could run top four at good odds. I think this could work out for Shorty's, mate. Yeah, I think you've got to have something on it. What did I mark him? 14. He's 41 and 480. Yeah. I'd be having something a win. Did you mark him around, around that sort of I, I, had him, I actually rated him $12, would you yeah, believe? I so thought, pretty, yeah. same, pretty much the same as you. So I'd, I'd, I'd be having something one by three on Shorty's, mate. If you want to just – there's nothing – there's no shame – punters in just backing in the place. If he wins, he wins. But I'd be having something he can win. So I'd be having something to win. I'm going to make my, my little case here. Because I, I don't, I am not denying the fact that District Attorney, the DA, the young DA, the, the legal eagle flying through the grades is a very good horse. I think he is. Here's the issue. I don't reckon they love at this stage, early stage of his career, I don't reckon they'll want to love running him off the gate. Safala is going to kick up. Duke of Dundee's going to fly the gate. Axelair is a very good chance of flying the gate. All problems. District Attorney, unfortunately, has to step down from the bench, and he's he's now surrounded because Axelair could get past him at the start, in my opinion. Uh, Duke of Dundee forcing his way past Safala. And let me tell you, Cloud9 hasn't used it much here, but if you go back to um, his career pre-Emma Stewart Clayton Tonkin up there in Sydney, he can absolutely smoke off the gate and he might not need to smoke off the gate if somehow Connor Clark can work his way to be in front of district attorney and find the front and that horse replicates that 153.7 win at Melton three starts back that's the reason I can't take a dollar 55 or anything near it about district attorney so I'm going with cloud nine I just think that if they do really run district attorney off the gate to, to ensure he stays in front will that be good for him if they don't does it end up awkward that's the case I'm making, but I think they're the two key chances. Seven and three, Spirit of Anzac in the mix. Shorty's mate, yes, definitely one by three. And also Daylight at Dawn, who um, well, I was able to find last week, but we keep overlooking Daylight at Dawn. But I'll tell you what, uh, horses that are as consistent at winning as Daylight at Dawn should never be overlooked too far, and they should always be included in your thoughts for exotics and quaddies as well, particularly if there's going to be a 25k seeding. Time for the news. Back in a moment, two more races to go. Friday form panel, Jay Bon and Dan Malecki. Welcome back to the Friday form panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. 
A lot of people do feel that I feel that way about myself. Um, I love what I see when I'm looking in the mirror. But um, maybe not as much as uh, some sometimes believe. Two more races to go. And the first of the final two, the penultimate, is the big one. The Neatline Homes Shepparton Gold Cup at Group 2 level. Were you a little bit like me here, Dan, where you look at the field, I cast no shadow into Dominion Champion, stands out like... Well, I won't say, but really stands out. And then you spend the next half an hour or more trying to find a way to get it beaten without ever really succeeding? It probably. you probably make a good point there, Jace. Um, particularly with the barrier draw, I think you're right. You know, first up after a month, but an Inter-Dominion winner. Mind you, it was a 20-to-1 shot going into that race uh, because of it. it had a good gait. But, um, look, there's some good horses in the race, don't know. Well, maybe it's similar to the depth of the races we had the last couple of years, but um, the barrier draw is the significant aspect. Cranbourne, the, the Kiwi, uh, is the one that probably adds the most interest because it brings a different form line and I think um, breathes a bit of life into the race. Um, I'm not sure where I rate Cranbourne. I don't know if he's a really good horse or he's just a, a horse of uh, uh, that's got to a good level. I'm, I'm not sure, but they've got bigger aspirations for him. And as I said, just with him in the race, adds that extra dimension uh, as well. Sicario can come off the gate pretty quick, I guess, if he was able to lead. Um, and I'd be interested in your thoughts whether he could or not. Um, uh, we're looking at a different Sicario now. Max Delight was terrific last week, but where's he going to end up? If he's three back the inside, he's still a chance of winning it, but he'll need the gaps to come at the right time. Uh, Majestic Cruiser, well, we saw a couple of him, didn't we, through the course of uh, the the Inter-Dominion, but his best is absolutely good enough. His best, to be fair, uh, would be the best form in this race on what we've seen in the last 12 to 18 months. So, interesting race, but I think the Barry draw suggests that I cast no shadow. If he's able to get to the pegs, um, A, would he lead, try and lead first up, or, or look for cover? Because he always seems like he's a better uh, sit sprinter. Um so that's one thing to try to weigh up here, but I, I, I've ended up with the two I cast no shadow. Similarly to you, looking for something to beat him and really couldn't find anything with conviction. Uh, eight Max Delight, 11 uh, Majestic Cruiser, and, and four Cranbourne, with, without being certain that he will measure up. But his best form in New Zealand would see him run really well here. Yeah, and you just get the feeling um, that there's a really positive vibe around Cranbourne. And it's also... Um, Interesting that Nathan Jack, who drove Sicario last start uh, and his first run for Jason Grimson, has jumped off to go on to Cranbourne. So the trial was excellent. I mean, he, he was always going to win that trial by um, as far as he wanted to. But uh, David Aiken's a genius. Uh, Nathan Jack's a genius. This horse is very good. The, question, the, the other question with Cranbourne is, oh, I went back and watched a lot of his replays because you, it's – He's one of those horses, you know, sometimes you can go back to a former Kiwi and you watch two or three runs and you get a really good vibe about them. Like you, you feel like you know them a little bit. I felt like you had to, I had to go through a fair few with Cranbourne to try and work out because there's been some ups and downs and roller coasters and he's led and he's been off the speed. But one thing that I did notice, even in the junior free-for-all on, on New Zealand Cup Day, he's not uncomfortable doing work in a race. But the question is... How hard is he going to be willing to work tomorrow night knowing that there's a Hunter Cup and a Miracle Mile around the corner? That's not an easy question to answer, is it, Dan? No, it's not. But you'd also want to have him closer to the mark with this run here and to get your, your better guide. Yeah, 
there's been good money for him, $6 and a 420. And the other aspect to what I've just brought up or the question that you've raised uh, for me is that um, the depth of this race. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of these horses. Well, I'm not saying they're not going to get into the Hunter Cup because the way that's shaping up this year, it's quite a perplexing race to even look at. Some of the horses that are in the market are in the paddock. Some I'm not sure are going to be there. Uh, some have got to work their way into the field. So I'm not going to say any of these horses aren't going to make it so, because of prominent performances here. They might be able to get in depending on the other horses going that way. So Cranburn is, is one of those uh, horses that um, I would think in years gone by, he probably would have been on the cusp of getting in. So this year he might have a better chance of getting in, but he's going to do himself no harm if he runs top three uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I'm, the way I'm looking at it, and we've outlined the two... Uh, Really likely scenarios. I cast no shadow leads and holds, or I cast no shadow leads and hands up to the stable mate Sicario. Cranman's got uh, some gate speed, but I don't think I cast no shadow will be able to resist that challenge at least early on. Now, in either situation, I think I cast no shadow will win the race. He is a very good horse. Uh, he's always had a lot of ability since going to Jason Grimson, though. This horse has won. Uh, what's he won a Lensmith Mile and an Inter Dominion Grand Final? He's not quite as effective when he leads compared to taking a trail. But having said that, he's still very, very effective. The only time he really collapsed was on night two of an Inter Dominion series, and that might, might not be how Grimo really trains them. It, it seemed like the Inter Dominion was the only the middle stages of the Inter Dominion were the only time where you saw any sort of question mark over the way Jason Grimson trains these horses because. Majestic Cruiser was a little bit below his best. So was I cast no shadow. Apart from that, they're virtually bottomless, these horses. The one thing I'll say about Majestic Cruiser, I went back and had a look at his record from second row draws even since he's joined the Grimson camp. Four starts off second rows, no wins, no placings. So while he's a really good, strong stayer, and we know what he's achieved, Black's a fake winner, second in the race by Grins, great runs through the uh, recent New Zealand uh, Cup campaign. I, I think I don't think he'll win. I think I cast no shadow will win. Um, I've got it. I threw in for second on the proviso that I cast no shadow leads and holds the top. That Max Delight, if three poles, is uh, he sits sprinting too well to be totally left out of calculations. I'd be having two bets here to be honest. Two trifectas: one with I cast no shadow to win and Max Delight to run second, and another with I cast no shadow and Sicario to run second in the alternate scenario where he hands up to Sicario. We've mentioned the other ones. I can't wait to actually see Cranbin go around because there funnily enough, even though the reputation is not massive, Dan, the height, the, the, there's enough vibe there, isn't there? And we do need, when we've seen these horses go around for weeks and months in a row, we need these Kiwis, don't we? We, we, we need something from somewhere else just to add a little bit of paprika oh, yeah. to the dish. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he, yeah. he's, he's going to do that, so... I'm pretty much ruling it out there. I don't think Sicario will win, um, although, again, he was terrific, uh, wasn't he, at Bendigo? And outside of them, you're looking at interest for Enco, but I've ended up with 2, 8, 4, and 11. Just uh, wondering, what, what prize did you have I cast no shadow and cram, but in your market? Um, I put a question mark next to the race. Uh, if I told you the price, I'm going to embarrass myself a little bit here with Icast and Shadow. I've got $2.50, yeah. but with a question mark, because they're first up. You know what I'm like when they're first up from breaks? I always try to find something to beat them, and it was a bit like what you asked me before. I was struggling to do that. 
and I had Cranbourne at 550, but I had a couple of others that were in the market and not feeling totally confident I've got it right. Um, uh, with a number of stable mates, well, there's three sets of stable mates. In fact, four, three, nine of the 11 runners are made up of three three trainers here. Um, so I thought it was a, 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 a little bit of a challenging race, but maybe I was just trying to look outside the favourite, thinking he'd be far too short, but maybe he's too good. If I had to say to you, what price do you reckon I Cast No Shadow is to win the Hunter Cup and, and what price Cranbourne is to win the Hunter Cup? Um, give us a very quick suggestion or assessment. Oh, geez. Um, I'm going to try and be realistic here rather than it'll be a lot shorter on the uh, with the wagering service providers because they don't give you a hell of a lot when it comes to futures markets. I would say I would have Cranbourne in around... Uh, because we don't know enough about him, maybe $16, and I'd have iCast No Shadow at about... $14. I can't say Shadow pretty much on the mark, $17. Cranbourne's not even in the market, up to 150 to 1. So I, I think I've raised this before. I think we need better communication between the powers to beat a harness race in Victoria to, to offer the, the wagering um, providers uh, better uh, opportunity to understand where the horses are on the market. Now, act now. I'll get, I'm going to have a chat to Emma Stewart on Monday and start working out where some of those horses yeah, are. But yeah. Act now is $4.50 favourite. I would never would have had him... <laughs> That price, I think he's in the paddock anyway, but um, they're all over the place there. I tell you a horse that is here and that will run in the Hunter Cup, yeah. and if the New Zealand uh, version turns up, $8 is over. Copy, copy that. that. Yeah, and I tell you another surprise, potentially a surprise, that uh, one of our top new season four-year-olds, trainer, is considering running in the Hunter Cup instead of going to the four-year-old Bonanza. Um, Think surfing. What's wrong with me? Uh, I, Hang ten. What is wrong with me? Why can't catch a wave? God, catch a really catch a wave. Yep. And you think about it. You look at where we're at with some of those. So even MacDan. MacDan's twenty-one bucks. So it's just surprising. But the four-year-old Bonanza. How strong is that race going to be this year? I think the Hunter Cup. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it might be the easier option. Well, the. But the thing is, only one gets through to the chariots out of the four-year-old bananza, don't they? That's right. So I, I almost feel we need to negotiate this around a certain way because the only thing that's going to happen with the four-year-old bananza and has happened in recent years is people avoid the four-year-old bananza because they don't want to have one more run and then they head to those two qualifiers. I think they're called the Paleface Adios and the Hondo Grattan. Um, rather than take the option because, well, in recent years, there's been a lot of purred influence, hasn't there, where yeah. he's got the one best runner and or Lock and Var Arts there uh, against uh, Self Assured. It's going to be really interesting because you're right, it, it could just be an absolutely phenomenal race. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, there's one more race to go, but you've, you've sparked my attention here. I've opened up my own... Well, it's not my own Hunter Cup market. Somebody else has put it up, but we I might talk about a couple of the other runners there that are uh, well in commission and, and see if we can find any value, which, by the way, punters, is nigh on impossible normally when it comes to futures markets, but we'll do our very best. Back with more Friday Form Panel, Dan Leggy and Jay Bond in just a moment. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Dad, Thing that I want to 
Hey, Tom Bang, have we got another break to clear before the end? Right. Okay, we'll do the last race and then we'll get to this undercut mark. And I'm telling you now, I'm struggling to find any value, but hardly ever do. I've got Ideal for Real in a um, in the New South Wales derby about six years ago at $15, and it's the best I've ever done. I did, do you play them, Dan? The futures, hardly ever? Uh, sometimes they're not at the front of my mind, but occasionally I do. Remember last year, the, the Derby in the Oaks when they were run at Bendigo? I got onto a, a, a couple of... Act Now, I think. I got $21 about Jeez, um, that's good for, the, for the Derby. Do you remember that? And, and um, Beach Music and Ladies in Red, it just was what seemed ridiculous odds. And I'd only put them on a month beforehand. Anyway, all good and well. I'm still working, so it didn't necessarily <laughs> pay off the mortgage. But it was... Um, you, there's something impressive about finding big overs about uh, horses... Remember Andy Gath once, um, it was about to rock and he got 100 to 1. Yes. I think it was 100 to 1. Really? At least it was triple figures anyway uh, before it won the, the Hunter Cup. So um, he's, he's very good at, uh, at finding. And look, you can find some real uh, oyster, uh, pearls at times. Um, it, it's just tricky when you're looking at it now. I, I think uh, there's a bit of a detachment between the real harness racing world and who's going to some of these races and what some of the markets are up. And, you know, I don't want people to get sucked into believing because a horse is favourite for a hunter cup that they're going to be running there. And um, uh, it's, it's, it's almost pointless having, having a bet on unless there's something that you can identify that's going there that could be 100 to 1 that, uh, you know, would be a $15 shot if, it was, uh, if you knew it was definitely going to start. So there's a few of those that I know are going there, but there's a lot of others with big question marks as, to, as opposed to them being fit and ready and healthy to be able to run in this year's race. That's the hard bit. It really, it's it's just, it's very frustrating if you haven't got the inside information, which is what we are trying to do to tell you uh, and what uh, Dan's going to chase up on Monday so that we can at least give you an idea of who's likely to be there. Um, final event at Chippenham tomorrow night on Cup Night. Now, Rock and Roll Gig should be winning this race, but I'll tell you what, there's one here I'm happy to play. There wasn't a lot between Willie Rain and Rock and Roll Gig last start. Willie Rain's not even second favourite. I'm personally mildly flabbergasted by this because I think Willie Rain is a pretty nice horse with good gate speed who can lead here. There's one little critical difference here, isn't there, Dan? And we used to see it, obviously, with the two-year-olds uh, late in their two-year-old season. These are early season three-year-olds. A lot of them have had little or no exposure over a middle trip. That's a good point, isn't it? Um, I mean, a lot of them are lightly raced as well, but it's worth uh, factoring in. Um, and some of these small field races, which you touched on earlier, they run a bit differently to races with slightly bigger fields. Mm. Uh, it probably doesn't make sense, but we see enough of them. I mean, if you had to take a price now that they're going to settle down an Indian file, it'd be $1.10, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be, it'd, I mean, the map that we'll create will look a little bit different, but that is... It, it's, it's pretty likely, isn't it? And then Rock and Roll Gig, I don't think it'll be in the early hunt, and then it's got to whip around. Um, and I think we'll, I, th- I personally think Willie Rain will be in front. In fact, I reckon Rock and Roll Gig has never seen a race over a middle trip. I, certainly not in recent times, but I don't think ever over a middle trip. So that's going to be a little bit of a question mark for mine. If you want to take a $1.45, I'll be tipping him on top. But I can I can concede a way that he gets beaten. I've gone six five four and one. Dan, how did you see it? You're right. He hasn't been beyond uh, pretty much the seventeen forty meters um, at at Wagga. So um, 
the only thing is sometimes in these races we just touched on they might single out an Indian file. Generally, when that happens, it develops into a mile race yeah. anyway, or even shorter, doesn't it? So, uh, look, I, I thought his win was pretty strong last week, but Willie Rain was terrific as well. And he's got the gate speed. And uh, in the run, you'd think that Willie Rain's going to be in front of Rock and Roll Gig, I, I would expect. Yep. Um, so it's probably the values with Willie Rain. I don't mm. think uh, Rock and Roll Gig can get any shorter. He's burned Bruce. Um, his last couple of runs have been okay. So I could entertain him and, and then the three chilling. But it's a, it's a thinner race. It's, it's a decent field, but um, six, five, four, three for me. But it'll be a tactical race. Six, five, four, and one. I reckon. Looking at that, as we go to a break, that's the biggest overs of the night. Virtually, I've marked it two eighty against six fifty. So that's thirty five percent against fifteen. That's twenty percent of value. I reckon. I'm not saying he wins, but I'm saying he's definitely value. And Dan Malecki agrees. Time for our final break on the Friday form panel. Come back with best bets and one quick look at that Hunter Cup market as well. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Hello. Friday Form Panel winding up. Um, might have out of time for that Hunter Cup market. My best for the night tomorrow. I've got a few, really. I think that Elder Barandino wins. I think that Uga Chaka wins. And I reckon I cast no shadow. Um, what do you and some value around Willie Rain in that final event? I thought Dan Malecki, your best, please. Uh, race six, number three, District Attorney, and race three, number seven, Elder Barandino. They were the two I first come up with. Uh, well, one's black and white figures, uh, two dollars. Um, well, really, it's just black figures when you're looking on the price, uh, uh the bookmakers, uh, uh, pages anyway, aren't they? But back in the old black and white, the other one's red and white, effectively. Uh, District Attorney and Firming in, so they're my best two. Maybe take him in an all up. I'll give you a couple as we uh, as we go to the uh, the closeout music uh, for the Hunter Cup. Majestic Cruise is seventeen dollars. Anything there? Possibly twenty one dollars. Mac Dan, you've already mentioned. Yep. Catch a wave if we think that he's going there. Eleven dollars a place. Yeah. And Max Delight thirty one dollars a drum. Yeah. Are they all? Are they all? They're the only. Yep. They're the only. I'm not saying go hog wild, but they're the only ones I could find. Um, small, Makes sense. Small bets on each. Yeah, why not? Five bucks. We'll know more next week. Ballarat Cup will really set it straight because the horses that line up and that will get the best idea about the Hunter Cup. I can't wait, and I'm looking forward to you catching up with uh, Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin so we can find out where those horses are going. Been fun as always. It was a stuttering start, but as always, we showed mid and late race speed. Well done, Dan. Last half, 53-7. <laughs> Au revoir, team. It's been the Friday. Four battle. Goodbye.